0: All right, howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First, warning this podcast contains adult content.
1: Don't be a pixie.
0: Second, warning this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga.
1: Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, email, howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com and rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we'll make you drink out of Tharsis' head bowl?
0: <laughs> and now,
1: Howler Pod.
2: Ow- In life, it's very tempting to forget the past, to try and make a perfect future. But the past and the pain we have endured, they make us who we are.
0: hello howlers welcome to howler pod your podcast for all things red rising where every episode we dive deep to break down celebrate and discuss all aspects of the fantastic red rising saga by howler number one pierce brown i am your host ben reinert i am joined as always by the amazing aaron Ayers. hello
1: howlers
0: aaron before we get into what are we doing today we have a reached a very important milestone
1: it's our 100th episode of howler pod
0: <laughs>
1: and we got champagne <laughs> I'm gonna i gonna
0: make like
1: you try to open that
0: we have to pop a bottle to uh
1: popping bottles in the ice so ben what is your favorite memory these past 100 episodes of mm. Howler Pod,
0: <laughs> I was thinking about this question on the way over because I was going to ask you. That. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I mean, the sweaty interview in the in the green, the green, green room with room Pierce. Room Our with... first
1: interview with Pierce Brown. We were yeah. the ones who were sweaty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not, not the creator.
0: <laughs> the sweaty manic first Pierce Brown interview.
1: <laughs> it was like doing drugs. It <laughs> <Yes>. was like <laughs> 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 endorphins <laughs> straight to the face. <laughs> yeah that was great that and then right after we interviewed him we went to red rocks and saw ben's favorite band
0: it was a great night for me my morning jacket yes
1: yeah that was a great day and night mm-hmm. super exciting i met blair brown mm-hmm. and i feel like she liked me so. i feel like
0: that was why we kind of like put ourselves on the map on the map yeah it was like
1: that was like baby howler Pod. now we're 100 episode howler Pod. <laughs> well all
0: right i'm popping the bottle cheers try not to pop it into your head (laughs) (laughs) thank you congratulations on 100 episodes congratulations yep yep i'm really a professional at pouring (laughs) champagne as you can tell okay stop
1: (laughs) (laughs) got a little on the dog (laughs) it's okay (laughs) cheers my friend Cheers, everybody. Thank you.
0: Yes, thank you for being along for a hundred episodes. It's wild.
1: Uh we love all of you and the my favorite part I'm gonna suck up uh of our hundred episodes is all of my new friends (laughs) that I've met online and in person. And yeah, just the coolest community and the best books. You picked a good book series. <laughs> what if we got to this point and I was like, I fucking hate I this know. book,
0: <laughs> especially with it being unfinished at the yeah. time. Yeah,
1: you were worried during Dark Age that I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna uh, be like the snowball and yeah. cut myself in half.
0: Absolutely, no. I you you're totally right though. It's crazy to see how it's grown and just like how many people we've met, how many friends we've made from it is is really awesome. How many people like contribute to it? Yes, and help us out daily, Ep- every episode. A, yeah, want to be a part of it. It's yeah, really huge cool.
1: shout out to all the contributors, Miles uh, for all the artwork, all of our guest stars,
0: Nick our voice work, mm-hmm. Heather our researcher. Yes, man
1: pulling the heavyweights. <laughs> I'd like to thank Ben for doing all of the work. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'd been like fun. To thank
0: you for being entertaining.
1: Thank you. It's <laughs> a lot of work.
0: It would not be as fun without you.
1: Ah. Uh, all right. Wipe your eyes.
0: Okay, that's enough. What are we actually doing today?
1: Okay, we're gonna talk part two, chapters twelve to seventeen. Mm. So let's load up the starshell. <laughs> that's my Ben voice. <laughs>
0: It's such a good Ben impression. We should switch voices wow. for the hundredth episode. <laughs>
1: What's? <laughs> don't do my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <in. laughs> Let's load up the starshell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries.
0: All right. Hopefully we don't shit our suits.
1: Part two: Rampart, Chapter Twelve: Lyria Pig. Lyria, sent by Pax, is on a mission to find the parasites' home base, which they hope. Is Quicksilver's home base as well, filled with ships for the Republic war effort. She's doing reconnaissance missions with Rangers and being trained by Fell, a hardened red with bionic arms and legs and a total badass.
0: Heavy metal. Heavy metal, Fell.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> that's my new wrestling name. <laughs> While bopping around the asteroid, they're found by the dust walkers who are scary as fuck. They're just like shadows that twitch like a horror movie. (laughs) They're all torn apart. RIP the snowball and fell and the other rangers. And also Lyria's hand is severed at the wrist. (laughs) Before Lyria is killed by the dust walkers, giant obelisks come out of the asteroid and kill all of the dust walkers and their ships and then Lyria tries to send a message back to Mars before she's killed. She says she hit pay dirt, a.k.a. Quicksilver's base, what they were looking for. An orb comes up to Lyria, and she thinks she's going to be severed. But <laughs> the orb talks to the parasite. Sister, why do you hide in the warm blood? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a great voice.
1: It said it was inhuman.
0: You nailed it. Thank you. Chapter 13, Lyria, The Rose's Game. Lyria wakes up to see a chrome orb floating out of a pristine room. Her hand is back on like it never left. She follows a path uh, out of the room into a forest under the night sky until she reaches a small grove of rose trees. Waiting for her there is Matteo Sun, husband of the elusive Quicksilver. Lyria deduces that she is now inside the asteroid. After some initial conversation and feeling each other out, Mateo asks Lyria, why is she here? And uh, she explains that she wants to get this parasite fixed because she's got things to do and people to fuck up. (laughs) Full metal. (laughs) Mateo explains what the parasite is and offers to fix it for her, but there is a price. She could possibly lose all or part of her memories. The things that make her who she is. Lyria quickly turns down the offer, deciding that she cannot risk losing the memories of her family. She asks to have the parasite removed. Just straight up, get it out of me. Mateo agrees, and through her act, he is reminded that without his past, he would not be who he is. Her act inspires him to send on the intercepted message that Lyria tried to get out to Mars in hopes that it will reach Darrow and that he can come to the asteroid and convince Quicksilver to rejoin the war.
1: Wow. I did feel like that was a quick change of heart. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Chapter 14, Virginia, the Armor of Love. Virginia is sending emissaries to Quicksilver based off of Lyria's message. Afterward, she, Cavix, and Sophocles make their way to the Dark Star Conservatory, which sounds like something out of Star Wars. <laughs> They're going to see Pax. The conservatory founded by Orion trains the next generation's pilots. The blue professors made a special exception for Virginia by letting her visit. Because normally they're locked away for like, what, six or nine years or something?
0: It was like six years, I think.
1: Damn. That's intense. Pax comes out of the school with a shaved head and some heavy metal digital (laughs) tattoos. (laughs) Virginia and Pax, uh, they talk about the possibility of Darrow being alive. They talk about fowl deer, who's in the cells. And the main reason for the visit, Virginia tells Pax that they received word from Lyria. Pax advises his mother that Quicksilver will only listen to one man, and that's Darrow, And he might listen to Pax as well, but that's just because he's a rarity. Mm. Before they part, Virginia apologizes for not wanting him to study at the conservatory and for not bringing him into a world fit for children. They hug and have a sweet mother son moment before they part. Mm. And I cried.
0: (laughs) Chapter 15, Lysander earth. Ajax greets Lysander on the tarmac as he arrives on earth. They exchange Barbs and kind of pleasantries <laughs> at the weird, same time. Weird
1: brotherly, <laughs> yeah. but also murdery.
0: Uh, Ajax he is about to leave for a battle with the remaining Republic forces in the South Pacific. Before he leaves, they are joined by Atlas, who is taking Lysander to meet with Atalantia. There is clearly no love lost between father and son as they depart. Lysander watches Atalantia hunt Chitana before he meets with her. Atalantius pissed at Lysander for trying to undermine her and tells him that, congratulations, because he's trying to undermine her, he gets to now lead an iron reign on Luna. Uh, this will be the next step in her campaign against the Republic. Lysander's like, whoa, what? the Rim, they're going to hate that. And she's like, <laughs> I know. That's the idea. I don't give a shit. Uh, taking Mars is going to be really costly and difficult, it's going to cost a lot of manpower. Uh, and a lot of money, and a lot of equipment, and a lot of ships, and a lot of explosives and whatnot. They would rather let Mars like continue to struggle, kind of sh- choke on their own issues, and then they also want to reduce their resources, uh, like the RIMS resources, at the same time, and weaken them as well, because they know that's probably the next war. Uh, Atalantia then brings out her trump card to make Lysander fall in line, it's Glorastes. He's on a leash, naked, on the ground, looking very sad and old. She tells Lysander, "She will kill Glorastes. She'll turn him into a pair of boots if he doesn't play He's ball it. <laughs> and support her at the upcoming summit." Lysander's like, "Fine, I will do this." You know, he he plays the part. She reminds him of her power and his place as her puppet to do whatever she wants with. Do not fuck with her, Lysander. Later that night, Ajax visits Lysander and uses a jam ring to hide their conversation from Atalantia. Lysander works on Ajax, trying to pull him to his side, telling Ajax that Atalantia killed his parents. Ajax tells Lysander that Atalantia told him he would say that. But that revelation is clearly making him take a second thought about the situation.
1: He's like, you guys are too good at lying. Yes. I don't know what's going on. I'm just a warlord. Chapter 16, Lysander, the 200. The day of Atalantia's summit in the Colosseum has arrived. That morning, Lysander confirmed with Horatia that the deal with Valeria was good to go. At the start of the summit, Cornelius Alcarthiae asked for support in fighting Apollonius. Atalantia says that she personally sent 10 legions to deal with Apple. However, this means that Atalantia will soon own the dockyards. Which the Carthite don't like. Next up, the Moonies. They come. Diomedes gives a report, and then Dido steps up and challenges Atalantia to attack Mars like she promised. The room erupts into bickering, and then Julia opens the floor to the body. But everyone stays silent and it becomes super awkward. Then Lysander looks up to Atlas quickly who's sitting up above the gathering. And then everyone starts to think Atalantia has silenced everyone into compliance Mm. like a queen. Mm -hmm. How dare she?
0: Bad look for her.
1: It's okay to be a dictator, but not a queen. (laughs) Then Atalantia gives her plan. They are to attack Luna and Lysander is to lead the charge. Diomedes has had enough. He turns to stomp out of the room. But before the Moonies can leave, Lysander stands.
0: Chapter Seventeen. Lysander, Mars must fall. Where have all the shepherds gone?
1: Where, <laughs> where? I always think, like, where have all the good men gone, and where are all the lies? Lysander
0: right? shouts this to the body. Everyone turns. Like what? Oh my! Oh God. my God,
1: Lysander, that bitch!
0: uh atalantia is like you cannot interrupt me bro and lysander invokes his right of interjection on the grounds of conscience
1: <gasps> he's so important
0: golly it's fucking eye roll city <laughs> uh he'll need 30 members to validate his interjection uh, that's when the deal with horatia and her entire block raise their hands giving him enough votes lysander then gives a rousing speech reminding the golds that they are the shepherds of society He reminds them how they fell in the first place and how Darrow took advantage of the infighting. He says that if the Moonies leave, they'll just be aiding Virginia. He says they must unite and that Mars must fall. But who will lead this charge? Apple, baby. (laughs) Throw your horns up. Uh, Atalantia interjects saying, unfortunately, the Minotaur has raised hands against the society. But Lysander's like, not so fast, my friend. Uh, I've already made peace. Horatia stands and presents a hollow cube, which shows that the Minotaur is standing with Valeria Alcarthiae in a truce. Valeria's father, Osmodeus, he fell in battle, or did he? And so she has claimed her inheritance. Horatia begins the chant, raising her hands and the Minotaur horns. Mars must fall. Mars must fall. Mars must fall. The reformers join. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> It got kind of fun there for a second with the horns. Uh, the reformers join. Then Apple's friends and admirers join in. Dido lifts her blades and the Moonies follow. Then Julia Albalona stands along with her friends. All but Atlantia, Atalantia and her block stay seated. Atalantia says that she, uh, she hears them. I hear you. Uh, but she can't take part in this um, strategy. She uh, is still going to continue forward with her iron reign on luna she'll let them go take care of mars i wish you luck Uh, as they are all leaving lysander says to atalantia that his mother and father send their tidings something in the way atalantia reacts tells ajax that she did it she killed lysander's parents as atalantia leaves ajax stands behind with lysander lifting his fingers and the Minotaur horns. Mars, Mars, fall, Mars, Mars, <laughs> <must> fall. <laughs>
1: I don't agree with the message.
0: It's fun to change. But though.
1: I like I like <laughs> Apple. So <Yes. laughs> Okay, and that concludes our chapter summaries. Ben, what is the theme for these chapters?
0: Our theme for this week's chapters is our characters have a lot of desires. They have a lot of wants.
1: Oh, this is a long theme.
0: But what's price? Are they willing to pay? Dun, dun, dun. So the theme is, what
1: price are you willing to pay? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, let's jump into the chapters.
0: Yes. So let's start with Lyria. She's obviously, she has this desire. She wants to get payback. She wants to be strong. She wants to feel like she has agency in this world uh, where she's small and weak and Really can't make that much of a difference as a red. And her whole family was murdered in front of her. And she couldn't stop any of that from happening. And so there's a quote here. We'll let Nick Nick take
2: this away. As a girl, I dreamed of being big and strong, of being carved like Darrow. But I feel I've only just started becoming me. I'm gaining strength from all the bad that's happened to me. To lose that now seems like a betrayal of what I've gone through so far. Worse, it's a betrayal of everyone who's gone out of their way to help me.
0: Wow, we're really uh, stretching Nick's accent, accent work, I feel like. on, on He's these. doing great. I love it. Great job.
1: <laughs> Much better than mine. <laughs> so yes, Lyria wanted to be big and strong and yet she is small
0: and she's given that opportunity right and that's what we're talking about here is like what price are you going to pay she is given just the i like the option of becoming exactly what she wants to be powerful and being able to be like a carved person like darrow
1: which i would have i would have probably taken
0: but if it meant that you were going to possibly lose half your identity
1: the way it like was so quick. The way Mateo says it to me wasn't that convincing.
0: I thought that he let it play out in a way where he's like, "This could happen, or it couldn't." And she, right. yeah, and like he
1: was like, "You you might still remember all your memories, but be like detached from them." Like, yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs>
0: I think it, it fits for Lyria to make the decision that quickly because she is decisive. She's been decisive throughout this entire series. Yeah, and like That right. is her. And so when she's given the choice and in this moment when she lays it all out, especially where it's like I'm the only person that is carrying on my family's legacy. Like Liam is, but he doesn't know yeah. the family at all and I haven't had a chance to tell him yet. So right. that part he was just little. is so important to me. That I can't even risk it at all, and right. I like that there was like this open door where there's a chance where yes, yeah, she could have this and still have she could have her cake and eat it too, but there's also a the possibility that she could make this decision and lose and just eat it. <laughs> yeah, and lose. <laughs> so I like that where it was like not necessarily just like you're going to lose all your memories if you do this because that's there's no that's not a lot of conflict there.
1: Even if you kept your memories, I think it'd be hard to stay the same person when you're like An basically powerful, a like, robot. Cyber being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you like become a computer, you know? <laughs> so you become less human anyways. Mm-hmm. So no, I mean I think for the story it's good she made this choice because like, it's it's hard to have, like, Superman running around and then explain mm-hmm. why he isn't yeah. just winning everything, you know? Yeah. So, you you don't really want, like, an all-powerful Thanos.
0: Right. And it's just, like, I, I just love this character choice for Lyria. I thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was so fitting. I know people want to see, like, Parasite, Lyria, powerful, making moves. And I get that, too. Like, I, I do want to like, see that.
1: Pe- I just want a little peek.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. I love this so much. And then I think when you take it and you juxtapose it against Lysander's decision-making throughout this, where Lyria stays true to herself no matter what, Mm -hmm. and she will, and even if it's going to cost her her life or whatever. Or power. Or, yeah, or the power that she's been desiring for so long, she stays true to herself, where you see Lysander... Especially like throughout the early parts of this book, he compromises himself, compromises himself a little bit more and more. And then especially once we get out into the rim, he starts to compromise he makes like deeper and darker decisions yeah. each time. And then it's taken him to this place where And then
1: he becomes the biggest asshole of all time.
0: Exactly. And and so I love that comparison. I love the comparison of Lyria and Lysander and their decision making when given similar types of choices and just like how their characters deal with it and so and how they justify it like Le- leary is so pure and she just understands exactly like she's just right. like nope she's I don't like do it. vin
1: diesel family yeah,
0: exactly but lysander is constantly trying to game it out and justify it and apply the logic of the situation and and give himself an excuse like why he can do it and why yeah. he needs to do it and and So (laughs) that comparison is always just, I don't know. It's really fun. Shows you a lot of difference between the two characters.
1: So what price are you willing to pay? Lyria says, not the price of my humanity. Right. But I will pay the price of ultimate power.
0: Right. And I think when, I think Lysander is faced with a similar choice at the end of the book, and he definitely chooses the opposite.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's jump to Lysander. We'll go back to Mustang. So what price is Lysander willing to pay? Yes, yeah, so let's hear from Nick.
0: Let's hear from Nick. When Atlas
2: returns, it is not with a hound on his leash. Instead, it is a naked old man. My heart sinks. Nausea churns in me as the man lifts his head and looks up at me with strained orange
1: eyes. Orange. I just I love the way <laughs> Nick says things. But also, that's a really terrible scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is like a first in a series of choices, right? He's like, this is basically a father figure for Lysander. And
1: it's horrible. It's terrible. And it's. Uh, it's Lysand- this is when you start saying Lysander's put in corners, backed into corners where the only choices are bad choices. But he's so he's very quick to sacrifice his friends. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like,
0: yeah. he really doesn't think about. It. He's like,
1: he feels terrible. Feels
0: terrible. Yes.
1: It, uh, and you know, he, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, though, because he's right. like, oh, I hope he forgives me. But like now, he's just going to be tortured and skinned alive. But Lysander doesn't have to see it.
0: Right. And that's that's the I think a good thing to call out that he says like he definitely feels it. He feels bad about it. And like, yeah. you know, like here he says, heart sings, he's got nausea, like he's sick to his stomach, thinking about like what's about, but he doesn't, there's no conflict in the decision that he's going to make. It's right. just like, oh, it's basically like a chess move where it's like, oh, I gave up my bishop here or whatever, you know, yeah. like he's looking at it that way. Like also that sucks
1: for being like, The mind of a generation he didn't do a very good job of protecting his friend he was like why didn't the praetorians protect him
0: and we'll talk about that
1: bro yeah why not maybe you should think more (laughs) about that
0: uh but yeah so i mean this is kind of a first of all he's just the the willingness that he has to sacrifice gloraces like he doesn't have a second thought about trying something different right or, or bargaining doing, or becoming a different plan or anything or like, like that
1: maybe i can work with atlas to get him back
0: right it's just like this is okay she got me there she i lost this oh, piece off my board yeah but i'm continuing forward with my Guess strategy he'll skin
1: my quote, <laughs> best friend alive <laughs> yeah. my father figure yeah
0: this person that means so much to me he doesn't even consider for one second trying yeah. to do something different yeah yeah right right so, yeah, I love you, Lysander. We, but
1: We uh, hope you're all on the fuck Lysander train now. <laughs> it's going to get worse. So
0: clearly, like, the price that Lysander is willing to pay is, like, his father figure slash, like, best friend slash closest confidant. And,
1: like, someone who he respects Immensely. for his mind yeah. and his uh, craft. Yeah. Yeah, and then it all of that is lost.
0: With very little second thought. I right. mean, there's the... Obviously, he, like feels the loss yeah And i'm not saying he's like he cold feels that way he's but...
1: caught by atalantia yeah but he's yeah he's very quick to be like well <laughs> i only, can only do one thing yeah. which is sorry <laughs> sorry <Glorastes>. yeah. <laughs> yeah what about using your mind's eye or like apollonius's naked ghost cloak to mm-hmm. like try to save him a little bit yeah
0: well he's just too focused on like I said, what he wants, because it doesn't matter. Like, he's willing, and we find this out with Lysander throughout this entire book, but, like, he's willing to pay whatever it takes to get what he wants. And yeah. that is a difference between him and a lot of the other characters. There's a limit, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what separates... Like your humanity. Your Yeah, good and bad and, and your humanity, that kind of thing. So we mentioned Mustang. Let's talk about her the the price that she's willing to pay for information for help <laughs> because yeah they have very few allies right now uh as far as the republic goes and so she's having this conversation with kavax about where she's getting h- her information she's been able to uncover these moles within the republic uh four in one week or something like but that and
1: i'm being kavax, kavax? Fuck, kavax I forgot
0: yeah yeah <laughs> whatever
1: i started reading the physical book again and i'm forgetting how to say things (laughs) go back to (laughs) tgr um avix is like who is it tell me who your inside person is yeah and then mustang says
0: take it away nick
2: imagine the worst and it is true i can't bring myself to say it he holds me tighter and kisses my head he knows already i realize of course he knows.
0: Of course he knows. Of course. And I think reading And it...
1: coming to our conspiracy <laughs> corner. <laughs> yes.
0: Welcome to... Aaron's in the conspiracy corner now.
1: I feel like I was like all over this one <laughs> the first time.
0: Reading it back, it, I think it's this... It's so obvious. It's so clear. It's, it's not so even clear. a conspiracy. It's, it's just really a not. clear
1: breadcrumb.
0: It's too, it's too clear for it to be part of the conspiracy corner, yes. honestly. Uh, but it's this is I I think it's very obvious that her source is Abominadrius at this point
1: because she says imagine the worst and it's true
0: and she's thinking about that for Kavix. for
1: Cavix. and then she immediately thinks of original packs yeah she says. He lost two sons yeah. thinking of Pax and Daxo. So she
0: says this line basically that Nick just read, and then immediately next paragraph down is like is thinking about Pax Pax and, original Daxo. Pax and Daxo.
1: And who were they killed by, Ben? Exactly. exactly. To remind you, Pax was <laughs> Sorry, that was insensitive. <laughs> and Daxo was <laughs> volleyball
0: you have to watch the YouTube for the actions <laughs> on that?
1: Cuz <Does> that <laughs> I <you> play my <volleyball? laughs> Boop. <laughs> oh my god. We're going to we're going to hell hell. And that was uh Lilith but Abominadrius, adjacent. i mean, he's pulling
0: the strings there. Yeah.
1: So, it's like it's so obvious that that's why she's so um ashamed of who her source is.
0: Yeah. I don't see it. there it's not like anybody else it could be. No. Yeah. It's it's uh, the subtext is clear there, I feel like. And so uh I know that's been theorized about and a lot of people have called that out. I'm just I'm thinking like we're all right about that. We're all right. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and declare it. Somebody asked Pierce. But she's willing to compromise herself to that point where she's like possibly could offend her father figure by working with this person, but she I think but two he's things like going I trust you need sources yes she knows and then like Kevex trust her enough to like she knows what she's doing yes and then also she's
1: the smartest woman in the room thinking about world.
0: who Abominadrius actually is you know this is someone I feel like that can be manipulated and used to their advantage and especially, so especially
1: yeah new <laughs> new jackal baby jackal yeah very much can be manipulated by Virginia.
0: Right. And he's he is looking for her approval. Approval basically, yes, in a way that the jackal was looking for Nero's approval so she can use that to her advantage now and while it feels really icky and is bizarre bizarre and terrible I think it's it's something they have to do cuz they're in, in a fucking war. Yeah. And they have no they choice. They need some allies. Yeah.
1: And she needs intel from Earth and stuff. Right. And why did he let Severo go, even though it was to a mm. meat market? Mm. Okay. Let's jump back to Lysander.
0: Yes. We, sh- we probably should have mentioned this when we were talking about Lysander earlier, but I also just wanted to call out this quote for Atalantia because it does speak to like the price that you were willing to pay and what we were talking about with Lysander where it's like, how far will you take this to achieve your goals? And uh, Atalantia has a couple different quotes to Lysander. We'll play them both right now. Listen, Lysander, I know you. You
2: are too gentle for this game. This game is meant for people like me. I will win, not because I can do everything, but because I will do anything. It's easy for me. Natural. Don't let Glorastes' death haunt you, Lysander. Now that you're in the game, he won't be the last friend you sacrifice.
1: Wow.
0: So, two That's things, a scary
1: though. Atalantia voice. <laughs> I know,
0: very. Yes, first let's talk about Nick and that Atalantia <laughs> voice because that's incredible. It feels incredible.
1: like he's wearing a snake. <laughs> Like Britney Spears style.
0: Uh, Nick, if you were wearing a snake while you're... We need that, a photo. We need a photo, yeah. But, I mean, first quote, that's Atalantia really laying it out. She said, I'm willing to do anything. Yeah. Anything at like, all Like, you to can't
1: win. fight crazy unless you're willing to fight crazy with crazy.
0: She's basically calling him out saying, you're not willing to like, go... Like, you're a bitch is yes, what she's you're saying. You're not willing to go deep enough, dark enough to do this. And by the end of this book... Lysander absolutely proves that he is He capable. is
1: willing to do anything, yes. including ruining all of our lives.
0: <laughs> and that speaks to our second quote here, where she says, don't let Glorasti's death haunt you. He won't be the last friend you sacrifice. And
1: she means Ajax, because Ajax had just done the Minotaur horns.
0: But Right. But, I mean, there's a lot it, of subtext there right. where it's like, we can read into that, because...
1: Cassius Cassius yeah can you call him a friend though when he's like blatantly
0: I mean he's family basically I mean it's even worse than a friend it's worse yeah
1: it's bad either way
0: but uh I mean those are just really telling quotes I think just like I thought Atalantia was awesome throughout this entire set of chapters and we'll talk to that about that a little bit later as well but a lot of the stuff she says to to Lysander I think is just sets him up for like he's really internalizing a lot of that and it, and then it plays out in his actions later on because he's responding to it in a way. Right. So I love that. Uh, okay. So that's just this week's theme. That yes. moves us on to our next segment, which is how was Cassius hilarious today? Unfortunately he was not because he was not in these chapters. Oh, I'm so sorry. But there was a hilarious line from Ajax and it was go fuck yourself, Lysander. So I think we can just... That was-
1: that was good. Yes. Yeah. There were a few go fuck yourselves. There yeah. were three.
0: Yeah. It was good stuff.
1: Yeah. Because there was Atalantia. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> and Julia said, you fuck off.
0: <laughs> a lot of fuck off. That was
1: good. And then didn't Valeria have one?
0: Uh, I don't know. No? Okay. In her truce thing? I don't think so. No. She was like very patrician. Oh, that's right. That. Yeah.
1: Just kidding. Yeah i was thinking there was another fuck off
0: let's go ahead and move on to the prime five
1: five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters do you want to start sure uh shout out to fell
0: man this guy
1: he was super cool
0: heavy metal red he got even got camel case he got heavy metal red, red
1: yeah metal yeah um and then uh when the dust walkers come then he his skills improve tenfold. I know. And Larry is like, oh shit, he was holding back.
0: I need a, I need a fell like short story.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, how, why is he bionic? Was <laughs> yeah. that his choice or did he lose his arms and legs yeah. in the rat war or something?
0: And then one thing I wanted to say about fell is, and this, I did not catch this the first time around because I thought he got killed by the dust walkers, but he just gets de-limbed. By right. And dust-
1: then he's just floating around.
0: Right. And so... But Lyria specifically asks if he's dead, and Mateo says says yes. Yes. But off screen. Who killed Fel?
1: Off screen death.
0: Do you know who killed Fel?
1: Was it the orbs? It had to be. The orbs were just like killing everyone, and then they were like, sister, we're not going to kill you. So he got
0: killed by Quicksilver, basically. Probably. Yeah.
1: Unless, like, just within the melee, what if he, like, floated off?
0: (laughs) I don't know. That was a very definitive yes, he's dead. Yes, he's dead. Right.
1: Yeah. R.I.P. Also R.I.P. to the pilot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Lyria's pulling her along and then she's just got that a That was boot.
0: hilarious. Just got a leg. Is yeah. it hilarious? Just a full <laughs> leg.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have a weird definition of the word hilarious. We're being bad today. This champagne's making us uh, heartless.
0: <laughs> We've also <laughs> got to say R.I.P. to the snowball. The snowball. Man. That actually like...
1: Are they, is Why is this Prime 5? This is like sad. It's becoming sad. Well, okay. The Prime 5 is, fell was super cool. Yes. Also, the Dustwalkers were super cool. We yes. got to see like some new action from new players. Yes.
0: It was cool to see the Dustwalkers actually do something because we'd heard so much about them.
1: Yeah, and they like jitter like <laughs> like, like a horror movie. It seemed very scary. Like shadows. Like Leary is shooting at them and yeah. someone's like cut her and she's like, what? Yes. Like yeah. crazy. Yeah. Which is why she needs figmented. It's Anyways. also
0: insights and observations. Really the insight is that is that Quicksilver killed fell Yeah. But
1: also R.I.P. snowball, you said that. Yeah.
0: And and we love the snowball. And that's like our last little Ephraim.
1: Piece of Ephraim.
0: Yeah. Which sucks. I will that
1: hurt me. You.
0: Uh, let's move on to our second thing on the Prime Five list. Okay. The Green Death our introduction no
1: thank you bioweapons
0: bioweapons here we we got a little bit of this in dark age where we got like we saw that atalantia was testing some stuff yeah on mercury but this bioweapon the green death i think really points us towards the eat me or i me or whatever it was eat me Uh, (laughs) eat me Eyed me and it's, it's our first kind of nod in that direction, Like, right? towards bioweapons, yeah.
1: yeah. And Fel was like, let's get the fuck out of here because yeah. who knows how long it lingers. And it was
0: used on a pirate's nest, so I was like, I want to know, like...
1: Did Quicksilver?
0: Yes, again, like, is yeah. Quicksilver testing this shit?
1: I don't think he tested it. I think he needed an asteroid, and then he needed that to be, like, the, like, thing they find if they come. Yeah,
0: So that, that makes he, sense. You know, yeah. I
1: think, I think he killed them on purpose. Like
0: this is a good cover story for my yeah asteroid. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Quicksilver is ruthless.
0: <laughs> Could it all just be a setup like make to look like I don't know, but like I'm sure there who's, were I'm sure he
1: was like, I want that asteroid and there's pirates here.
0: I'm just wondering why like who's unleashing a bioweapon on a bunch of pirates like
1: Or maybe I mean Quick's been there for a long time maybe he's there and then the pirates are setting up and he's like let's get rid of these ants <laughs> on my hill bioweapon these guys let's bioweapon him
0: <laughs> but i mean there's a couple hints to just like the nefariousness of quicksilver i mean he is oh for sure and we learn more about him obviously once darrow has a full conversation with him but like this man is yeah ruthless
1: he he now is on the we just need our species to survive, <laughs> not the current people who are alive. Yep. Next up on our prime five is the parasites backstory known as Psyche. Is it Agatha Agatha Agala? Agatha?
0: Agala C Ken.
1: Agatha Christie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she loves <laughs> a mystery. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a good mystery hand. <laughs> mystery. So this is another revenge seed sowed by Quick. Mm-hmm. Further into the book, when Darrow's visiting, we hear when Quick is uh, abused by that gold he was working for, who then like killed his husband and family, and it was all horrible. And then Quick takes revenge. We'll talk about yeah. that later. Mm-hmm. So this is another... Uh, seed of revenge that came out of that for Quicksilver Mm -hmm. commissioning this psyche from Agala Ken And she made six psyches, but while she was making it, she realized what it would become. Mm -hmm. And instead of letting quick get his hands on it, She she had
0: like an ultimate one.
1: She had like the finished product. Right. And then she was like, Hell no, this is terrifying.
0: I'm going to destroy that. Destroy
1: it. And then she killed herself because she had the knowledge of how to make it. Right. And she didn't want to live in a world with gods.
0: And then she released the prototypes out into the, the six world. The prototypes. six prototypes yeah. out into the world.
1: And Lyria swallowed one up in the She knows? got one.
0: And so it's like, I mean, lots with of six
1: questions. Six in all the worlds, and Lyria gets one, and then she <laughs> like smushes it.
0: Lots of questions on this. Is like, are there any more of them? Do you, think we're, where, do you think we'll run into any more of them?
1: The other fr- Why does the orb call her sister? Yeah. Are they related? Also similar. Yeah, does that's there, a good question. You know? Yeah. Are are the psyches part of Quix orb people? And then do you think we're going to see one pop up in the next book?
0: Hmm. Or do I you know.
1: think Pierce like ended this when Lyria... It's hard it. to say, yeah. It's
0: like, is this the end of the psych storyline? I I am gonna lean yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see another one. But
1: I feel like this this book is the end of Quicksilver, his storyline, the Children he's, of the Corn he's completely fucked off, yeah. And the Psyche. Okay. Like I think we're narrowing the story and cutting off these branches
0: can I ask you another question was this a satisfying backstory for the parasite for you
1: uh, I think so yeah why was it not for you
0: no I'm just wondering why <laughs> like did you get enough like I-, I feel like for me like it's a pretty good explanation explanation but I want I still want more and I guess that's like the sign of a good writer. writers like I still leaves me like yeah or we we could do a
1: a little novella about yeah. Agatha Agala <laughs> Agala
0: Agatha Christie,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and like what the psyches actually can do, like yeah. what what the Brown was doing,
0: yeah.
1: Um, it, but I I the backstory makes sense, and it it is all linked to Quicksilver, mm-hmm. yeah, in his revenge, right, which is unending.
0: Yeah, I don't think I made that connection the first time I read through where I'm reading about this backstory and how it ties into Quicksilver. I definitely didn't make that connection. So reading this around the second time has definitely helped. And then that feeds into that really sinister revenge story that we hear later on.
1: That's the most scary.
0: Yeah. You want to take this next one?
1: Don't get on Quicks' bad side. Would you rather... (laughs) be glorastes as a dog <laughs> or the
0: gold Ah, oh, man just you know floating in space treat, treat me like a dog and skin me alive i don't want to be that'd be better yeah stuck in a space casket for 200 years forever yeah that sounds I, terrible i agree just <laughs> i mean could
1: you like hold your breath and yeah,
0: <laughs> I would I would be Darrow just <laughs> slamming my head into the fucking ceiling. Yeah, I'm sure there were. I'm sure whatever. he,
1: like, floated him. Right, you
0: know? yeah.
1: Uh, everyone's going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> What's next on our Prime 5?
0: We've got a Mustang Prime 5. I want you to take this one.
1: Oh, because I cried.
0: Because y- you're a Mustang lover.
1: I'm a Mustang. Uh, there's a great passage here. I'm sure it hit all the parents in the gut I you are
0: not parents but
1: I'm not a parent but I I felt as if I were a parent I, I felt parental In that really moment this, this. I it's when Mustang is hugging Pax goodbye doing do it He is
0: my favorite smell, my favorite sound, my favorite sight. He will never know how much I love him because he does not remember the day Darrow and I conceived him or the months I carried him inside me or the minute he came into the world the moment he said his first word or took his first step or made me laugh for the first time. I remember all those things and all the things about them. Where the sun lay in the sky, how his father's eyes sparkled, what I feared in those moments, what I hoped for his life to be. That season of life is a haze to him, but when I die and reflect on my life, I know I will still believe that season was the meaning of mine. Oh. Wow. (laughs) Just beautiful stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I was tearing up so I couldn't even read it.
0: Man, I was giving me chills right now and just reading um, it. And I was expecting it.
1: Like, is Pierce a mother? <laughs> <laughs> Did his mom write that? <laughs> beautiful writing. Beautiful to see Virginia, who's this powerhouse of a mind, have her whole meaning be in her child, Yeah, which I think a lot of mothers would... Feel the same,
0: and I love how she comes out of it, just talking about how she understands what she's fighting for now. Yeah, in she's a way like, that she's like,
1: atalantia you don't got shit. I is. have a son. I have so. Much you have much nobody more
0: to fight for, and that's why I'm going to give this everything I fucking have. Yeah, there's a lot of great lines here at the end of this chapter. I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, your whole book's highlighted. <laughs>
0: I really enjoyed the back and forth about like, she's apologizing for bringing him into this broken world. And he's she's like, you know, do you wish you waited? Right. Pax just has this like really great response to that. Cause like that is a heavy thing for a parent, especially like even now, like as someone without a child that, you know, could have a child in the future. It's something I think about where it's like, do I want to bring a child into this world? That's seemingly very fucked up. Right. And it's like, Life is just hard, no matter what. Even if you have like, I've lived a very privileged life, but like, even then, it's it's tough, you know. Like
1: struggle until you die,
0: right? And so, you know, him saying to her, like, you never pretended the world wasn't broken, even when a broken world favored you. I think if love is anything, it is truth. If life is anything, it is struggle. You taught me that. Like, I love that. It's Beautiful. I just think that's great. Life. And
1: Darrow's lesson is. You have to be a warlord.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then I also just wanted to highlight Mustang at the end of the chapter as well. as I think on the stupidity of war, how ridiculous we must be to wage it when emotions like love run so much deeper in us than hate.
1: Run so much deeper in some of us is what she should have said. (laughs) I don't think Atalantia's... uh, Got anyone left to love? Her sisters are dead. Mm-hmm. She's fucking her nephew. I mean, she's got a weird <laughs> idea of love.
0: She's yeah, a sick, twisted human being. But if she was grew up with proper love, then she maybe wouldn't be like that. You know? Sure, maybe. So, yeah. uh, I think like that just speak. I I don't know. I don't want to be corny, but like the power of love and like humanity as a whole. It does make things like war seem just so stupid.
1: Celine Dion, the power of love,
0: <laughs> and that's me on my soapbox for the day.
1: But yeah, that that legit the second time I read it uh, made me tear up.
0: I just think it's it's really great writing, and it's it's really great philosophy tucked into these great character moments, and it's like really resonant philosophy that, for me personally that I get to see play out with these characters, and I think that's just incredible writing, and that makes me feel in a a way that, you know, where I can really connect with it. Mm -hmm. And then our last Prime 5, we just had a bunch of quick hitters we just wanted to call out. Like, we've been tracking stuff. There's a lot of stuff stuff that happened. Yeah, and there's just like some fun lines that I wanted to call out, because there's a lot of fun like one-liners. I
1: do want to say there were no piggybacks and there were no sloths. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you're counting with me.
0: But th- I one thing I want to say before we g- even get into this is, is just this book is hilarious. There's so many like funny moments and quotes and it's just like, I don't, I don't know.
1: We brought I, the joy back yes. even though we killed Ephraim.
0: We did, ta- we did uh, allude to this earlier, but one thing we've been talking about and tracking through these early chapters is lysander questioning the loyalty of his praetorians yes he does it again here is in this what chapters. you mean by hilarious <laughs> 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 no those were some of the lines i had earmarked later on i'll, I'll call those out but lysander wonders why his praetorians didn't protect Glorastes. he wonders like did atlas just go get him like right was he on the same ship that I was on? And yeah. Was he? Yes. In the a dog cage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and why did the Praetorians not protect the glasses? Because they're in the they're hip not pocket yours. of Atlas. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also more brown botanist mentioned. This is like our yeah. When third was that? I missed that botanist mention. <laughs> like it's crazy to me. They're that important. This stuff, like doesn't even stand out the first time you read it, and then like no. it didn't stand out
1: this time. <laughs> I missed that one.
0: It's in one of the. Uh, lysander chapters
1: so what about the all the mentions of the twin rail guns? like right. atlas was looking and then lysander caught him looking and he looked away yep
0: so what ajax is going there to fight yeah atlas is looking at them in the sky there's also they're saying that rumors that they're they've been scuttled but they're right getting fixed maybe
1: do they come up later yes and i don't remember okay
0: they come up on the battle of mars and phobos on the battle during the battle of phobos because that is what fires you remember how
1: oh with the timing yes oh wait, they fire it from there
0: yes the rail guns from earth yeah
1: that's a long way
0: yes that's why it took like two weeks or whatever for the that's why they were setting all oh of
1: the, uh, yeah. i didn't connect that yeah i'm like why is atlas looking at him <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm thinking <laughs> of like localized, not like so when they do that missiles. maneuver to
0: like move Victra's fleet like directly into a certain spot above Mars, they're doing that because they've shot those railguns two weeks earlier, and that shit's flying through space, and they're trying to
1: and you can't like track yeah. them, yes, because they're little missiles. Yep. Well, shit.
0: Yep. So that's all being set up here. We also get Pax mentioning pardoning Valdir
1: yeah when virginia comes he says are you here to talk about finally pardoning Baldir? and yeah. Virginia's like no he's gonna be in a cell on the front lines
0: think about that
1: think about that
0: <laughs> and then
1: yeah then it's in hindsight you're like i should have known uh, yeah. when you're like who's gonna help virginia yeah
0: yeah it should have been clear yes and then uh, Atalantia at one point she's talking about like letting mars basically kind of like Die on its own before they attack it. And she mentions that Mars is in need of several things like circuits, nickel, uranium, and blues. And I thought it was interesting yeah. that she said blues.
1: Does she not know about the Dark Star? Yeah. And I'm sure she knows about it.
0: If they don't, but like, even if they don't, like, it sounds like the Republic needs pilots or like top flight pilots. And so maybe this is PAX.
1: A foreshadowing of the next yeah. of the red god yeah
0: of their need for someone like pax yeah possibly yeah, yeah so uh, i just thought that was interesting it was like i was wondering like the juxtaposition of us coming from a blue academy on earth i mean on mars and then the next chapter her saying that the republic needs blues, needs blues. And, and, yeah, that was interesting to me
1: i wanted to say quicksilver having mermaids <laughs> Seems a little unnecessary
0: with along with his children of the corn. But like, just like,
1: are these like rescue mermaids, or did he like make new mermaids?
0: I think he. I think if we're talking about quicksilver, he definitely made his own mermaids.
1: Like, are they like?
0: Does your asteroid, does your asteroid space station slash own planet living environment need with, a mermaid? Do you need mermaids? But are
1: are the mermaids like? Like caged top. humans.
0: If they felt like kind of like weird mutants to me,
1: and they're like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they were clearly doing stuff like that though. <laughs> yes, they're like, you, lady, Yeah. Like, I don't know, it's weird. And
1: Lyria's like, right. <laughs> I <laughs> love, <laughs> I love, I love the way that chapter went. It was like, and then uh my shoes came, and a pathway opened up. She's like,
0: right, right. <laughs> Yes, I love how real she is in that. It's just just, like (laughs) this is fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just wanted to call out a few fun lines. Um, I thought, like, first of all, I just thought like Ajax, fun character in these chapters. Yeah. He and I really loved him calling Cicero a talkative, the talkative idiot. I just thought that was a fun description.
1: He also told Lysander to fuck off.
0: He told Lysander to fuck off. That was That was also pretty funny and then atlas never blusters ajax talks shit like he was a tiny man from a poor family lysander says that about ajax i thought that was hilarious yeah uh it's a really great description of ajax uh and then i thought it was hilarious when atlas says you can carry tharsis <laughs> and he oh, hands him the bowl. lysander <laughs> tharsis's head in that bowl and then i thought i i said this earlier but like atalantia was so much fun she's like i wish we need like more she's a atalantia. good bad guy she's such a good bad guy yeah like i hope in red god we get lots of atalantia because she's just like every time we're with her she's just like so Snaky. <laughs> all, like <laughs> she's just really living in it yeah she loves being bad yeah and... she like
1: is evil <laughs> yes pure and evil
0: i love how like i don't know matter of fact she is with it all and like uh she says when she's talking about like attacking mars and then she says why do you think daryl and i are the only assholes that take planets it's fucking hard that's (laughs) like (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's
1: fucking hard yes (laughs) isn't that also when she's like i'm willing to do anything
0: yeah that's around that same it's that same conversation And then I love when she's talking about her army and just like everything. And she's like, I fucking love my legions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like she's like, I don't want to waste my legions on Mars. I fucking love my legions. I fucking
0: love my legions.
1: (laughs) I'm worried about you. You're getting a little evil. (laughs) So what's next? Do we have more quick hitters?
0: A few. We have a few left. I also just wanted to call out like a gross, terrible moment where we've got Valeria Alcarthia quoting Lorne Arcos and saying, Death begets death begets death. Everyone quotes him. And it's just like, fuck off, Valeria. You don't fucking mean that. And I like besmirching oh, right. Lorne's good name.
1: Everyone does it. It's terrible. He's the Chuck Norris of people who are
0: quoted <laughs> and then the last thing i had i thought this was also just a fun line it was during that same part where uh apollonius is speaking uh-huh and he's saying uh darrow and his wicked little henchman Barca," and it just reminded me of like the wicked witch of the west when she's like and your little dog and your little dog too <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why but
1: <laughs> <laughs> wizard of Oz from kansas you're welcome
0: i just thought that was funny
1: I had a few quick hitters. Mm-hmm. I want to say again, Lyria says <laughs> when she's hopping around with uh Fel. I was so desperate to repair the parasite and tap into its power to help Volga that I just trusted Pax basically. Mm-hmm. But it's like I was also desperate for you to repair the parasite and go <laughs> help Volga with and its then power. Gave it up. <laughs> like she just says that she was so, de- and then like she's she's like i don't want it anymore yeah mateo when he's talking to lyria uh mentions ephraim and he says offhandedly that ephraim did a few jobs for them mm. not that he knew it mm-hmm. so what were those jobs i don't know. remember when he was freelancing yeah. and stealing art and stuff yeah like i do, do you have any guesses as to what he did for ephraim and mateo for mm. quicksilver and mateo yeah. Was he stealing, like, children?
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's something <laughs> nefarious. Maybe, like, uh, what would Quicksilver need to steal, though? It's like... Mermaids? Yeah. Yeah, he definitely stole He stole the mermaids.
1: But, like, That's doing doing sneaky stuff for the yeah. that mission. Yeah. I wonder what it was. Another novella that we need there. <laughs> and lastly, <laughs> when we're learning about the Dark Star Conservatory... Uh, Virginia's remembering Darrow giving giving the opening speech, mm-hmm. and I was thinking it's like when celebrities <laughs> like give the graduation speech mm-hmm. at a college, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of like awkward because yeah, because yeah. like they didn't go to that college, yeah. but they're like famous. Do you
0: think they had like the ribbon instead of the scissors? Daryl cut it with his razor. Cute. <laughs> the sling blade,
1: or he just like walked through it because he's. Uh, <laughs> God among men. Anyways, I thought that was cute that he gave the opening speech to Orion's Academy. And there's another novella. <laughs> Pierce, get busy.
0: Lots of quick hitters this week. Lots of fun stuff. That is all for the Prime Five. Aaron. Yes. It's time to name our Primus of the week. This is our one character who conquered our Proctors of Plot and rose above the rest. Our mm-hmm. primus of the week is...
1: You're going to make me say it. It was Lysander. Mm. He did the whole Mars must fall. Mars
0: must fall! Min- Mars
1: must fall! Rock on Minotaur. <laughs> he bamboozled Atalantia, which is... He
0: does uh... lose Glorassi's but I mean, anytime you can outmaneuver Atalantia.
1: <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, it's just Glorassi. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs>
0: The master, greatest master Just maker the master of all time. master maker. But yeah. Is she
1: really going to skin him alive or is she going to have him tinkering? It's not
0: like he was, I think he had lost his fastball anyway. You know, it's not like he had any great works left in him. I don't uh-huh. think. Oh, bless him.
1: <laughs> yes. He, he turns the Coliseum to his side. He, uh, amends the terror between the Moonies and himself. he, proves himself to be more than a catamite and a chariot games person Mm -hmm. and he he gave a rousing speech i mean that
0: speech was pretty stirring it It, it is like it was i'm like god damn it lysander you're kind of just playing the fucking hits here where you're doing the same thing where have all the shepherds gone (laughs) we're we're so much better than this and like and you can see in that like I can see why Lysander likes people because when you're listening to him or sorry, I can see
1: why people like Lysander?
0: Why people like Lysander at times? But you mean readers? Yes. Because like there is some like (laughs) I I'm not saying I do. No. I'm saying I can see why people do. Because there is some appeal to that, you know, like they're shepherding the society, but when it's all like undergirded by slavery that's why i just have a real tough time with sure. it uh but i can see like with the elocution and the speech giving like why he's an appealing right. figure for people
1: and he speaks their language yeah. like these people the reason they're loving the war games and everything is because they they want to be like the conquerors they want to have their peerless scar mean something but he, he can inspire that same passion for unity and being leaders instead of just mm. warlords. So he, he knows how to stir their hearts. And he does make
0: some good points. And he clearly like calls out Atalantia's games without calling her out. Where he's like, you're clearly just great. trying to like make the rim weaker. Because you know... like
1: Right. But he's also yeah. smart enough to tip his hat to her Yeah. say you've been doing a great job yes. but yeah. we'll take it from you. yeah
0: yeah so he's like able to lay that out but without in- insulting her to her face really like directly anyway in front of people but
1: hey don't kill someone's parents they might come back it was 20 well years later however many years
0: i mean at this point in the book i'm not like lysander is a dickhead i'm just like lysander's doing lysander stuff he's still a bitch though. yeah
1: That's enough praising Lysander. And I promise you, we're done. (laughs) That's it. Shut it down.
0: Watch us name him Primus next week.
1: (laughs) I don't know what he does next week. Uh, Ben, do we have any Howler mailbags? We've got
0: a couple emails this week. Our first email comes from Jen G. (laughs) Thanks for writing in, Jen we have uh there was a, a fun part of this i wanted to read she said i want to talk about atlas anything you can do i can do creep your aura appearing at lysander <laughs> out dipshit's games with a mostly healed scar across his neck i don't think the question is who nearly took atlas off at the neck i think the question is whose face had he been wearing and why oh Later- shit genji Later in the book, when he's done wreaking havoc as Pseudo-Helios, his yellow mentions that his eyes slash synapses will adjust faster this time. So, who was he cosplaying as that first time? Cosplaying? (laughs) I think he just plays along with it being a fighting injury when he says, you should see the other guy. Is it possible that the Atlas that gets killed by Cassius isn't the real Atlas? it would be a neat trick for Pierce oh to play on Oh my God. This. I hope not.
1: Gen G, I liked that until that point. I don't know who, who he could when, have been playing. you should see the other guy means the guy whose face he was wearing. Yeah. Come on.
0: Tough. I mean, that that part I really like. The part about it not actually being the fear night, I don't, I disagree with only because like they had to go get the eat Ed, me from this eat me moon, right? Yeah. <laughs> This the eat me. We'll just call it the eat me. We're calling it I from eat now me. on. We are deeming it the eat me. Eat me, because
1: and... it eats a whole color. <laughs> to death.
0: We put that together ourselves. He goes and does that, and it's like very clearly a very taxing, difficult battle. Mm-hmm. And I don't think like just anybody could go do that. So if somebody was impersonating him,
1: or he would have had to. Be like right there and he also duels cassius like
0: yeah just not not just anybody's gonna be able to duel cassius
1: and like not and and not get killed immediately immediately, yeah Yeah. so i think it's atlas i think
0: that i think we can be pretty safe in saying that it is atlas
1: we'll talk about it a lot later but i felt like atlas was like happy to die (laughs) he's like (laughs) finally he's like uh i'm sorry for everyone but (laughs) he's like in twilight It's in the movie, not in the book where they're, I don't think it's in the book, but Mm -hmm. the really, really old ancient vampire, it's like a, a dream or something. And he's like, finally. And then a werewolf like tears his head off. (laughs) (laughs) That's Atlas. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) (laughs) If you know, you know, if you don't, then you're probably better off. Uh, Next up.
0: We've got Cassie P and some tidbits. cassie p cassie says chapter 13 i just have to express my appreciation that Pierce took the time to craft the series into more than just sci-fi more than action more than politics mateo's words deliria in life it is very tempting to forget the past to try and make a perfect future but the past and the pain we have endured in cause they make us who we are without my past my pain i would not be who i am Really hit home hard upon reread. The pains and the wrongs of the past should not, perhaps cannot, be washed away. But we can't wallow in them and stay stuck without any progress or self-improvement. Our past shaped our present. It doesn't always have to define our entire future. Yes. Well said, Cassie. I really appreciate it. I love that too. I thought it was just
1: Matteo. he didn't make me cry this time, but he does make me cry soon. When he's talking to Darrow.
0: And then Cassie says that Aaron should read this next tidbit since she's read Project Hail Mary.
1: I did read Project Hail Mary. So it's clear from Virginia's convo with Kavix in chapter 14 that Abominadrius is her source on the inside. Thank you.
0: (laughs) We agree, Cassie. We
1: also think that. But are we supposed to hate him less? Question. After he roasted howlers and, my God, mortar and pestled Niobe. (laughs) (laughs) and Theodora (laughs) question (laughs) are we supposed to hate him less
0: I don't think we're supposed to hate him any less I think like there's sympathy building for him because he's kind of this weird creature yeah that's like yeah kind of a Frankenstein's monster type situation yeah where
1: Frankenstein reincarnated
0: yeah it's, it's, it's tough so it's like I don't. I'm not necessarily. Don't think we're supposed to like not. I don't think we're supposed to like him now. But I think we maybe have some empathy for his situation. But at the same time, like he is grotesque and like abject, and I feel like yeah, that is revolting. Kind of you know, like he's still got a lot of those vibes for me personally. Like he's a means to an end. Yeah, right now for for Virginia and for. Do you think though that he's,
1: uh. Redeemable at all?
0: I guess we'll see. I mean, I think he could be redeemed from burning howlers. I'm sure he can take a lot, but I mean if Darth Vader can be redeemed then
1: Was Darth Vader redeemed? He, Spoiler <laughs>
0: <laughs> He killed the Empire. I mean, in the, the, the Lightning Emperor. Fingers? Yeah, he killed Lightning oh, Fingers. Oh he does? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: I've seen him all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: After committing like a lot of genocide, so yeah, yeah, I'm not sure he actually got redeemed, but I mean, he like,
1: but you're like, thanks, Dad. Yeah,
0: you're like, we appreciate that. Is you you finally yeah. saw the light? Yeah,
1: I think I think he could do the same. Like, yeah, uh, that was nice of him. If it's a self-sacrifice where he dies in the process, yeah,
0: he probably does need to die in yeah. the process. <laughs> I would say, yeah,
1: but Cassie P is not dead. <laughs> Cassie says when Atalantia was praising, quotes, Serafinia Serafinia <laughs> That was just me. I can't read. <laughs> praising Serafina to the Rim delegation in chapter 16. I'm not sure if this was a deliberate insult by her to the Rim, but her calling Serafina a credit to her people as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> made me bristle since in the end Seraphina was definitely not whole.
0: She was a half. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. And then
1: she, she says ghostly echo of Tactus's voice on the wind. Gory hell, you have a hole in you. <laughs> <laughs> Pick S lupus, motherfuckers. That was Cassie. Thank, you,
0: Cassie. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you, Cassie P.
1: Those are all great points. <laughs> i like that she's as brutal in her jokes as we are (laughs) i I feel like you can't like explicit podcast also means like of of the heart like you can't have a soft (laughs) yeah gentle heart and like talk about these books
0: (laughs) yeah
1: you know i'm sure you can but But the books themselves are like crass and tear you apart so and also stomp on you and squish you
0: yeah and it's fun to laugh about that Fun <laughs> to laugh about pain. It's the only way to deal it with it. It gets
1: dark at five o'clock. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's fine.
0: All right, Aaron, do you know what it's time for?
1: What are we into this week?
0: Aaron, what are you into this week?
1: I have been reading a book, but I'm only halfway through. So I think I'm going to wait, but I'm really into it. Okay. It was actually, I was like, I read these chapters late because I was having trouble like
0: Mm. doing both. Yeah.
1: That is a tease because I'm (laughs) buying time. Okay. I'm into a movie which came out in 2020, but my coworker just told me to watch it. It's called Eurovision. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it?
0: (laughs) I've watched like the first part of this. Yeah. I did not make it through. (laughs) I loved it
1: because I love uh, stupid I don't know, Will Ferrell movies Mm -hmm. and um, like Hot Rod. And I love all those stupid comedy movies. So if you don't like Will Ferrell, you won't like this movie. But Rachel McAdams is in it. And she is like the most beautiful woman in the world. I think it's (laughs) hilarious that she's in this movie. But there is a real contest called Eurovision Song Contest Mm -hmm. in Europe. And it's like The Voice or American Idol. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is a a parody about that contest. (laughs) Pierce Brosnan's in it. (laughs) He's like the hot dad. (laughs) It's truly like the dumbest movie. It's a great like Sunday during the day watch when you're like bored out of your mind. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say like download it for the plane. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's more of a like glance at your phone movie. (laughs) But I, it made me very Very happy. Like, yeah. You know, I was in a bad mood and it brought me out of my... Head, I think I watched the first part of this and state. I just
0: like didn't get through the rest of it. I'm not sure if I dropped it just because I wasn't interested or having a good time. But I do remember like it being pretty goofy. It's very goofy. Yeah. But
1: I I loved it.
0: This came out during pandemic times. And yeah. I, I remember a lot of people were talking about it like it was really good. So it I started good. it.
1: Um, I also like making fun of like those singing shows, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... Nice. <laughs>
1: eurovision ben what are you into this week
0: i'm also into a movie i watched the new teenage mutant ninja turtles movie you
1: fucking watched it
0: i thought we were gonna go to it i know we should have
1: did you watch it in the theater
0: no i i bought it oh you can buy it what you bought it i rented it for six bucks or something
1: when is it still (laughs) yeah
0: you can still do it it's on itunes right now
1: okay (laughs) (laughs) i'll buy it myself
0: it's good uh teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem so i've heard great things it was really fun is
1: it bad i haven't seen the other teenage mutant it does ninja not matter Tur- at all. i've played the game you on know nintendo the
0: teenage mutant ninja turtles like the story probably.
1: donatello yeah i
0: Mushers. mean you know the basics right
1: but, yeah well i know there's four ninja turtles that fight crime right are exactly. those the basics I mean, yeah basically okay
0: turtles got some secret. Cowabunga! News, and then they turned up into mutant turtles sure trained by splinter to be ninjas
1: oh okay yeah now i'm caught
0: up anyway i grew up i'm i'm an old and i grew up w- loving teenage mutant ninja turtles and so watching this was just like it was super fun for me and, the, and like there were so many things done really well like the turtles actually <laughs> like act like teenagers like Really, they nail that aspect of them. Like, actually, are they like the way of the water teenagers? Teens, Bruh. <laughs> yes, very much. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to swim, bro. Uh, animation style is fantastic. It's like I wouldn't say it's like Spider Verse, but it's kind of Spider Verse but okay. it's more grungy and like. They do like... Like
1: arcane grungy?
0: Kind of. I I would say even that's like prettier than this. They do a good job of like making New York look like just kind of like dirty, Uh but like it fits with the world and like where there's like mutants and stuff, you know? Sure. And then like the characters are all really unique looking, like even like the human beings that they just run into and like everyone's kind of ugly and it kind of plays into this mutant vibe that the whole movie has. I'm excited and, to watch it. I mean, the bad guy is really fun. Superfly, voiced by Ice Cube, is awesome. Um, Ice Cube. Yes. And then, like, there's a scene where, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meet other mutants. And it is probably my favorite scene in a movie this year. It was really like, hilarious. And Paul Rudd plays one of the mutants. And he's. Paul Rudd
1: of Kansas City.
0: Basically just doing. Kunu from forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's like he's literally doing that character and it is hilarious. You look like a from London. <laughs> it, and he's like the funniest character in the movie I thought. I, don't know. I just had a really great time watching this. It was like one of those movies I didn't have to pick up my phone. I watched the whole thing like Wow, was,
1: that's was... high praise coming from Ben. yes
0: yeah, so it was uh a good time. wunderbar uh, I would have a good. I had a I'd heard good things about it, and then I watched it, and I was like, I was impressed. I yeah. came in with pretty I've low expectations, but it was very fun.
1: I'm thinking maybe I heard good things from you. Maybe you're the only one who's talked to me about it. <laughs> I don't know.
0: But it's done by, like, uh, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, who did a lot of movies together. Lovely. Super like, Superbad and all kinds of stuff like that. So We're um, a we're a Seth, Seth Rogen. Yeah. You're in good hands with the creators on that one, for sure. Well, I would definitely check that out if you're into that type of thing. All right. Do it. What's coming up next week on HallerPod?
1: We are going to read chapters 18 to 25.
0: And last week I teased a possible special guest, our scheduling assistant, a.k.a. me, may or may not have dropped the ball getting someone scheduled. <laughs> Actually. Scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> Just a- <laughs> But... We have the special guest.
1: We have acquired him, and we're <laughs> holding him hostage like Glorastes. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> but
0: But with nicer. He actually likes being on a leash.
1: Wow. <laughs> He's also at home, <laughs> not in a cage.
0: So we are scheduled to have the special guest next week. Uh, this is a tease. They are a Netflix star. Superstar. Wow.
1: Great at cooking. Wow. 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 Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy special. Thanks to miles for the episode art Fi- Follow miles on Instagram. M Bensky designs, uh, special thanks to Nick Brenlow for the amazing voice work. Uh, subscribe YouTube channel. You can see Ben doing weird. <laughs> you can see Ben doing the miniature horns and such follow us. Uh, at Hallerpod, and then email us for the Haller mailbag at Hallerpod at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, 1 eight hundred five one six one five four zero, 516 1540. And you can also send in a video voicemail, send it to our email.
0: You'll have to email us that one.
1: Just yeah. like record yourself. <laughs> low tech
0: you can send it to our dms on instagram too if you want
1: we're around we're out here sliding to our dms uh tell a friend about the podcast spread the word spread the gospel of pierce brown write and review us five stars only if you don't give us five stars only then we'll turn your best friend into boots
0: <laughs> all right thanks howlers
1: omnisphere lupus I- <laughs>